I have had a fear of latex balloons since I can remember. As a mom now, it's difficult going to birthday parties with my kids. I'm always hoping there are no balloons. I mostly anticipate them popping near me. It's almost like kids who are scared of getting a shot. The idea of it is worse than the actual occurrence. I can tolerate being around them if I stand far, far away from them, but I'm hyper aware they're around. I recently tried to inflate three for my children. I started hyperventilating and my heart was racing. Never again. Welcome to Your Weirdest Fears. I'm your host, Larry Mullins. That fear was submitted by Christine Sutton, but read by podcast producer Jill Webb. You go to a party and you'll probably see a ton of balloons. I have a grandson, TJ, who calls them baloons. And he loves balloons. I don't have a problem with them until he gets so close he doesn't understand and hasn't quite grasped the idea of how far you can push a balloon before it pops. And it drives me crazy. But it doesn't drive me so crazy that I have a phobia. Balloons bring a joy to a lot of people, but there are some people who are terrified even thinking of them. That fear is called globophobia, and folks with this condition hate seeing and touching balloons, and they definitely don't want to hear it pop. Well, it's not easy to navigate life with this fear because there's always a party to go to. So are the people with globophobia skipping social events to avoid balloons? Somebody said, more party cake for me. But anyway, for those questions and more, we turn to Martin Burridge. Martin is an engineer now, helps to make spacecrafts. But before that, he was a counselor. Martin also has a YouTube channel where he helps people deal with their fears. And Martin, you've covered topics of balloons. My first question is, is the fear so bad that people are saying, forget the party, I'm staying home? Some will. It depends on the severity of the phobia. So some will avoid parties altogether, but others might just use what we call safety behaviors. They might ask, is there going to be balloons at the party before they go? If it's a children's party, they may not go at all. They might send their spouse along to look after the children instead. Some might actually medicate. So some might take something like Valium. And I suspect that a lot of them will probably use alcohol to try and dampen the effect of the balloon wink wink that's what they say they're not using the alcohol to dampen the effects of the balloon they're just there to get sauced i digress (laughs) now regarding the valium so it gets so serious people have to actually medicate to be around balloons all phobias it's quite common for people to medicate to deal with them i've known people to get on an airplane they have to take valium the intensity of fear with a phobia can be huge and it can be a balloon an airplane absolutely anything now is this fear rooted more in the potential sound that a balloon makes or their colors, their shapes, or textures. Because as I mentioned, I have this grandson who comes in, G-Daddy, G-Daddy, is what they call me. They're not allowed to call me Granddaddy Martin. G-Daddy, I've got a balloon, he calls it, and he squeezes it so hard, and I'm like, it's going to pop any minute, and I'm about to lose my mind. I run out of the room. Is that a phobia, or is that just me being, you know, queasy? <laughs> For most people, the fear is rooted in the sound. But if you're a globophobe, you will hate everything about a balloon. Okay. You just don't want to be near it. So you have a lot of avoidance behaviors, and you'll always be trying to work out, is there going to be a balloon there? So that's what really marks the phobia, is the avoidance of it. But also that you'll get a full-blown panic attack if you can't avoid it. Wow. So the colors and the shapes and the textures don't even matter. A balloon is a balloon is a balloon. Yeah, for most people. I mean, it's possible that there are one or two that for some reason there's a particular color. But for most people, it's just a balloon. Interestingly, I know some people have said that the foil balloons don't bother them. Yeah. And that's probably because the foil balloons don't make the pop that the rubber balloons do. Okay, and that's because they have helium as opposed to air in them? Is yeah, they got helium. So they're not under so much pressure, and so you don't get the the bang. You don't get the shocks so much. Okay, so I show up with a latex balloon. It's red. 
and I show up with a silver balloon with a happy birthday or the number, you know, the thing that they have on them. And one will make me panic and the other will make me go, oh, boy, it's a balloon. It's a happy birthday party. It depends. I mean, some people, because they avoid them so much, it increases the fear. And these fears can even generalize to other things. Some people might be okay with a foil and not a latex balloon, but others might just be, you know, any kind of balloon. Do you know if one particular balloon color terrifies more than the other? No, I've not heard of that. Normally, it's just all balloons. So now, would the floats at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade be off limits, or are those types of balloons okay? I think for most globophobes, if it's a balloon that can pop and make a popping noise, they're going to avoid it. So some, it'll just be the latex balloons that can pop. Some, it'll include foil balloons. And some, you know, it could even generalize to hot air balloons. What's the worst case scenario that you've seen in your work? So if you look on my YouTube channel and you do a search for how to overcome globophobia, Mm -hmm. my video normally comes up top. And it's really interesting to read the comments on there. And there's a lot of people who will just burst into tears if they come across a balloon. Hmm. There's a friend of mine who once burst into tears when the balloons popped at a party, but that's because they were upset that they spent all that money on those balloons and the doggone things popped. (laughs) They were cheap, but that's another story for another day. Is this connected to a fear of clowns by chance? That's a really good question. So, yeah, if you've already got a fear of clowns, you might associate clowns with balloons. So you could then develop a fear of balloons also and, and also vice versa. And this is one of the reasons why a lot of people can't actually remember what caused their phobia. And it may have stemmed from something completely different really early in childhood. Yeah. And you say it starts in childhood, but it continues to manifest through adulthood. More children than adults that are afraid of balloons, you say? Yeah, absolutely. So children are born with a fear of loud noises. So it's very common in children, but uh, most of them grow out of it. And that's what we call fear extinction. So they, they get scared by something, but just with time, the fear diminishes and it goes away. And I guess it would be embarrassing to go to a psychotherapist or up to a friend or whomever and say, hey, I have this phobia before they get to a point where they can come and see a fellow like you. People are very embarrassed about phobias and anxiety and so on, and they shouldn't be because we're all scared of something. Do you have or did you have such a phobia of balloons? No, I've never had a phobia of balloons. always been fine with them. Flying, I used to have a terrible flying phobia and a mild one of moths, but no, it's always been okay with balloons. So what do you do to get people to get beyond that fear? How do you help them? So there's two therapies used for phobias. Both are very effective. One is hypnotherapy, which is kind of seen as an alternative therapy, and the other one is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a more evidence-based conventional therapy. Both of those therapies use what they call systematic desensitization, or some people call it exposure therapy. So what you basically do is just very gradually expose them to the thing they fear at a level that they can just about tolerate, and you do that over a few sessions, and eventually it retrains the brain not to react to the balloon in the same way. The majority of people who would come to me for phobias in the past between three and five sessions, and it would be gone. And once it's gone, it's usually gone for life. But most people, unfortunately, don't. They just live with it for life. We're born with two fears. One is the fear of falling, and the other is a fear of loud noises. So it's not surprising that a child cries and and gets scared when they hear a balloon pop. But what happens with phobias is they start avoiding them. And more you avoid it, it reinforces the fear. So some children will then go on to develop the phobia and it'll it'll take it into adult life. And it becomes so severe, that fear, they struggle to get rid of it or to hide it. Hey, listen, you're a lot of fun to talk to and you're very educational and informative. We appreciate having you so much. Thank you. No problem. Enjoy being here. And 
And with that, we want to thank you so much for listening to your weirdest fears. I want to know your fears, so share them. And you could be featured in the podcast. If you click on the episode description, you will see the team's email address. If you're enjoying this show, please rate us, please review us, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. Your Weirdest Fears is a production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Our very special thanks to producers Jill Webb and Dempsey Pilat. Andy Egan Thorpe is our audio engineer. Femi Redwood is the managing producer of podcasts. And I'm your host, Larry Mullins. Thanks for listening. 